Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, and Rumble. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. What's the name? The Lower Decks. We have one of them already. Um, the Miracles. Best of luck. First prize, tickets to Lourdes. Why do you want to win a trip to Lourdes? Our best friend, Maureen, always wanted to go. She'd want us to. No. Miracles happen there. Congratulations. <gasps> you can't go. I'm going. What'll I do on me own? Go back to bed. Jack are coming back, Ma. Maybe. Maybe not. Mary, Mother of God. I so shock and believe it. Excuse me. <clears throat> Who is it? Maureen's daughter. We all thought she was dead. Hi. I wouldn't have recognized you. Forty years would do that, do you? Is there only one bed? Your mom wouldn't have fussed. I am not my mother. Ain't that the truth? Oh, you remember me. I was sure you wouldn't. Who forgets family? Yeah, who does that? Why did you leave? Never come back. Leave? I was banished, Eileen. Our lady. She's going to help us. There's where she appeared. Right there. She told everyone to come and bathe. I say it's bitter cold. Oh, no, it's a miracle. <gasps> We're ready. I'm not. I don't need a cure. Not everyone goes to Lourdes for a cure. I'm out. And I'm running out of chances. Church is good at guilt. It's also good at forgiveness. Can you ever forgive me? Oh, Lily. I'm glad you came, Chrissy. You don't come to Lourdes for a miracle. You come for the strength to go on when there is no miracle. I loved you and you left. So I hated you. But I never hated you more than I loved you. Even when you don't believe, there's always hope, isn't there? Did your wife pass away on you? She's in Lourdes. There's a miracle for her. You, shopping. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 547. Releasing August 3rd in Australian cinemas is The Miracle Club, a 1967 set drama in which three generations of women from working-class Dublin undertake a pilgrimage to the holy city of Lords in search of a miracle. Starring Kathy Bates, Laura Linney and Maggie Smith, The Miracle Club is a charming and heartfelt exploration of faith, friendship and forgiveness that features wonderful performances from its talented cast. And joining me now is the director of The Miracle Club, Mr Thaddeus O'Sullivan. Thaddeus, I thank you so very much for your time today. Hi, Matthew. Glad to be here. Thank you. So The Miracle Club, this movie is something of a miracle in itself, isn't it? I mean, it took quite a long time from its inceptions back some like 18 years ago to make it to the screen. And you were attached to the project, I think, something like 15 years ago. Recently, 
a couple of years back. You finally get your cast together, everything is ready to go, and then COVID hits and another delay again. When that happens, I'm curious, when it comes to yourself and the producers and everyone else involved in the film, is there a feeling of, you know, God is testing us in regards to our resolve in making of this movie? Um, what is the the initial reaction once COVID hits and this movie is delayed again with circumstances that are just totally out of your control? Yeah, it did take a long time uh, to get going. Uh, I was involved in the very early days and then I had nothing to do with this until two or three years ago. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then uh, I, I think uh, the script uh, came right, uh, really, which is at the end of the day, no matter what the cast is, you can't make a film unless you feel the script is working. And I think uh, the script, uh, the, everybody felt that the script was uh, getting there a couple of years ago. Uh, so that's, so, uh, so um, at that point, uh, Laura Leaney got involved and um, we had our, our cast. And then, of course, <coughs> uh, COVID, uh, the nightmare uh, um, got in the way and uh, it took us a while, uh, another a year or so, um, to mount it. Um, but yeah, once we got going, it, it was uh, quite a strange feeling to actually be on the set and uh, and uh, for this thing to be actually happening. And with these three actors, it was, um, I had to pinch myself, I guess. But um, once we got going, it felt uh, as natural as anything. Um, it was just, you know, being on a set and talking to actors and talking to crew, is um is is what I do and uh we just um and that's what they do and so it, it was um it, you know went very smoothly and in, in those terms you know what 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 always uh I guess is the is the is the is the thing that's um the, the most difficult to sort of deal with is uh um getting through the day uh, uh with a three actors like that who who should be rehearsing uh the material and should be you know discussing it at length and you don't have time for that on a low budget film but they knew that uh and they were completely open to um being pushed and shoved when it came to um what we had to do and how much time we had to rehearse they were uh they were just a joy to work with in that sense um <clears throat> so uh it was quite smooth from from that point of view, but uh, there was a lot of pressure. Maggie is uh, quite old, and so she could only work three days a week, so uh, that affected the schedule quite a lot. Um, and uh, but we worked around it, and uh, and she worked long days. The days that she did work uh, were were very long days, and um, you know with lots of dialogue and stuff. And she never had um, she never resistant in any way. She, uh, she's I know it's a cliche, but you know. The three of them were completely uh, professional and they, they're there to just act and that's all they want to do. Just like the crew just want to work. The actors get on the set and they just want to act. They just want to want to do the work. So um, so we moved quite quickly. Sorry, I wandered off into way, well away from your question. No, no, not, not at all, not at all. Uh, I truly appreciate the answer. I'm curious, let's say the film did get made 15 years ago. How do how would you have approached the material then as opposed to now? Do you need that time for the material to breathe, to rest? Do you need that time as a person to delve into the themes of the movie, which can be quite heavy themes? I mean, a movie 
can be lighthearted in parts, but there are heavy things in the movie. I mean, does the, does the filmmaker 15 years ago approach the material different as opposed to Thaddeus O'Sullivan who approached the film uh, a couple of years ago? It would definitely. Um, uh, I was very glad I didn't make it uh, 15 years ago uh, when I was first approached uh, because um, my, my idea at that time was to um, find a writer and um, um, introduce the, the, the elements that I thought would work uh, in the story. And uh, so I would have had to discuss that with HBO, uh, and I don't know how that would have uh, gone. Uh, we never got that far. Um, but it would have been a, it, it would have been another journey. So, uh, but I uh, it went on its own journey with other people, other producers, and so on for quite a long time. And so when I came back into into it, uh, I felt that um, oh, these are some of the ideas now that I can begin to introduce uh, to the story to make it work for me. They've come to me twice, so uh, I am going to make this film the way I want to make it because. Uh, if they didn't want me to make it, they could have asked somebody else. Hmm. So we had that. Um, uh, the Laura Linney character was a very important character uh, for me, her story and her bringing um, the. Uh, she was a kind of touchstone uh, in a way, because once she arrived, uh, we had the past in human manifestation was was there and and it was going to affect the other women straight away and i wanted to see what would happen so that's what it was all about for me the other element is the lourdes element i was uh, element i was never in lourdes but my family have a very had a very close association with it and uh, a lot of a lot of families in in ireland uh, now and then uh have uh, and um, it, it, I'm always curious about the Lourdes effect and, and, and what it meant to people. And one of the writers, Tim Prager, uh, had been to Lourdes many, many times uh, for private reasons. And uh, so that was fascinating uh, to sit down and discuss uh, with him uh, what we used to call the Lourdes effect, which is to say when people go there, uh, they go there with very particular uh, notions uh, the extreme one would be to have a miracle or uh, to, to go there to, to see what it's all about and all things in the middle uh, to go and have a spiritual experience, to go and pray uh, for the intercession of Our Lady uh, and, uh, and, and be among uh, like-minded uh, uh, people, if I can call people who, who all are spiritually engaged, like-minded. I mean, they're not, of course. But um, to be in that atmosphere, I think, was um, is humbling for a lot of people, and I think uh, it has uh, you know powerful spiritual effect on them. And I think people go for that; uh, they go for it, or they go not knowing why they go, and they discover it. And so, um, once the characters are in Lourdes, I think they feel uh, I, okay. I said once they see Laura Linney character turning up, they know something's going to happen. But they also know that being in Lourdes is where things happen, you know, to you. There's an expectation that something will happen. It doesn't have to be a miracle. But you already engage with that expectation once you get there. You've left the kids behind, you've left the husbands, you've left the whatever. And uh, that those sense of uh, the duty is uh, is left behind. Unfortunately for the women, the past, <laughs> you know, lands on them like a ton of bricks. And uh, but if it wasn't, if they if it, if they weren't in Lourdes, 
they wouldn't have had that um, wonderful experience of self engage of engaging with each other and engaging with themselves. The Maths Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by T Public. T Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, T Public is sure to have something you will love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon. The world's leading online store, Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's Movie Reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. Well, I think that's something that I really took from the movie. I mean, the film essentially is about these women who are looking for a miracle, but the importance isn't in a miracle necessarily. The importance is in the pilgrimage, because the pilgrimage brings journey, it brings reflection, it brings communion. And I think that's a really essential thing that people need to realise. So a lot of the times the miracle is, is within the journey itself and the things that happen there. And I think there are moments in the film where people are disappointed of that they didn't, you know, Get 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 an apparition. They didn't hear God's voice. They didn't get. Uh, they weren't healed in the way that they thought they were going to be healed. But it's sometimes you know, like they say, the Lord works in mysterious ways, and I think those mysterious ways bring about even more, um, uh, even more depth, even more, um, even more blessings than anything they could even imagine. Yes, uh, and I I think when they look at the statue, uh, uh, and the three of them are looking at the statue. Um, I could never, even when I was a practicing Catholic, I could never engage with statues. Uh, and it always going to fall back on yourself. You know, you don't, uh, you, you know, so it, that, that scene to me was, it wasn't about um, uh, them being, uh, it, it was them being able to transcend uh, the experience of watching, uh, looking at that statue. That's why they're able to joke about it, because the statue is not important. Uh, what's important is uh, being around um that uh, abstract uh spiritual uh, uh experience that they were beginning to uh, sense you know once once they were in the grotto um and uh, and it's manifests really in the, the 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 child that they see or it's experienced i should say to the the disabled child that they see in the grotto not the statue uh and um it's that that child that um, well, it makes the Agnes character respond quite strongly. Mm. No, no, not the three of them, not the four of them. Um, but it, but I wanted to make the point that um, uh, that is what Lourdes is about. Uh, it's about people and about people sharing things. And it um, doesn't really matter whether you're a Catholic or not, uh, in my opinion. And, you know, the pilgrimage, we we were obsessed by pilgrimages when we were ki- kids. I wasn't, but the the, 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 the culture was. You know, yeah, we used to have this. Uh, uh, this it's still a, a place of pilgrimage, knock in the west of Ireland, uh, uh, in County Galway, and uh, people used to go there. And we used to go when we were kids. We were stuck in the back of the car and driven off down to to knock. And we used to pray all the way and pray all the way back and all the rest of it. And uh, 
it was a it was a pilgrimage and everybody was uh you know we had these pilgrimages that we used to do from the school as well more modest little events but they were all about leaving the past behind engaging with yourself uh um you know saying the rosary and uh, and um and uh, taking you out of yourself and be in touch with some kind of spiritual um, entity. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, we engage with it as kids and most of the time we didn't really um, because it was all a bit too ritualized and it was all a bit too like school. <laughs> I think for myself, as a, as a practicing Catholic, <clears throat> sometimes I find that my expectations of certain holy places far exceed the reality of the situation. There's an there's a interesting part that happens in the movie where Eileen, um, Kathy Baker's character, <clears throat> excuse me, talks about the commercialism that surrounds Lords in regards to all the things that are on sale, the marketplaces, because Lords is essentially was and, and is essentially a, a marketplace uh, village and then the apparitions happened and then a lot of things popped up around there too. I remember 10 or 11 years ago, um, I was in Europe and every place I went to in Europe, whether it was Italy, France or what have you, I wanted to see all the great churches. In some churches I went into, cathedrals, um, I was overtaken by the Holy Spirit and the art and everything else. In other places that I went to, I was disappointed by the commercialism that surrounded it. Notre Dame was a big one of those. I went Uh there expecting something really grand and the first thing that I had to walk through um, besides all the, the wrappers of fast food, burgers and such outside of the door was this market store where you had to buy all these things and, you know, and such. And it just, it broke, it broke down the expectation that sometimes some of these places are important in regards to their spiritual value, but there's also some type of business interest surrounding it as well. And I think in regards to Eileen's character, it was a really quick reality reality wake-up call in regards to that she was expecting one thing, like she was going to go to Mount Sinai and hit the, hear the voice of God from the burning bush, but what she got instead was snow globes and, and statues. And and that was a really interesting part of that. I mean, I, I, as yourself, as a as a as a as a as a Catholic or former practicing Catholic, is that something that really kind of resonated with you? That part of the story in regards to the commercialism surrounding well, these think, really holy places. Well, yes. You know, we do deal with the commercialism you know, that Kathy Bates' character uh, does uh, in the in the film. You couldn't not uh, really, um, <clears throat> in in some way, uh, deal with it. But uh, but uh, as you as you probably found, uh, you obviously have to uh, have the the strength to look beyond that, uh, or 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 find. Um, uh, if this was my speaking for myself, uh, I, I would find. Uh, you know, enlighten some kind of spiritual engagement. Uh, you know, in a in, in a less than holy place, uh, um, because it doesn't need statues. Uh, mm. uh, what it needs is a, a state of mind uh, or an, an approach to to um, your 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 version of what uh, a divine element is in our lives. Uh, I think if you rely rely on a church, and I think the Kathy Bates character is an example of that. If you rely on the church to solve your problems, you know, it's just not going to happen. And there are quite a lot of people who, who in extremists anyway, uh, take their problems in, uh, in uh, finding uh, 
some kind of um, deciding that their religion is so perfect that that religion over there is the one that's causing the problem. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, they they just distract themselves with um, invent enemies for themselves so that they don't have to really reflect properly on what it is that they need to do. And uh, I think that's that's true of a lot of. I'm just thinking about those the riots in uh, in northern India with the, the two um, um, races uh, fighting each other, uh, two tribes fighting each other, I should say. Uh, and that's all. That's partly about religion. Uh, I mean, Northern Ireland, for God's sake. I mean, they're all Christians, and uh, it uh, and yet. And yet, you know, being a Catholic and being a Protestant in Northern Ireland was uh, was a reason to have uh, very defined and inherited attitudes about each other, which are complete nonsense. My final question is just in regards to that. To me, it speaks more about a, a tribalism more than anything else. And I think what's important about the Miracle Club is that even though the movie starts with a very strong sense of bitterness in regards to the past and divisions and lines drawn in the sand, over the journey, this compassion and forgiveness wins out in the end. I think that's a really important thing, especially these days with people, how they view each other. I think compassion and forgiveness needs to win out in the end. Um, and I think it's a really important message that this film shows. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the whole thing in Northern Ireland, uh, some people uh, like to see it as a religious war. And, and in fact, it's not uh, really. It's, it was a political one in the end. Um, but uh, anyway, I take your point about the film, and uh, thank you very much for for saying it. Uh, Excellent. So everyone out there listening, The Miracle Club, August third. I really recommend people watch this film. It's a it's a movie. I think everyone needs to see because of what we talked about, myself and Thaddeus, and uh, the performances are wonderful. The time setting, the period, the 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 themes. I recommend everyone watch this film. And Thaddeus O'Sullivan, thank you so much for your time today. Congrats with the film, and thank you for joining me. Thanks, Matthew. Take care.